2: The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. The place called the SALT Group in Cork. A group therapy program called SALT, which is sex and love therapy. And that is run by psychotherapist Don Clifford. He joins me. Donald, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are good, you? Good to speak with you, sir. And I watched Thanks, your Sorry. podcast with the two Norries. Uh, yeah. you've, you've, you've you've your own yeah. interesting story as well, but yeah. talk to me about the sex addiction and the problem we have with porn in in our society.
1: Yeah, um, I suppose at the moment it's it's quite a big problem. Um, it's a, I suppose it's a problem that isn't hugely being addressed. Although we are getting support you now from the HSE and the Sexual Health Centre, which we've joined up with. Um, I initially started it in 2014 just because I felt there was a bit of a need maybe in the Cork area. And since 2014, we've grown from one group therapy a week to five group therapy sessions a week. Um, So we've people coming from basically all over Munster, um, as far away as Galway, we've people coming from Galway and, yeah, they come to group therapy every week um, because they see a need for it themselves to to do something about their, their problem. And what kind of things are they bringing to group? What kind of problems are they bringing to you? I suppose it, it's it's more of, um for them, and the reason we, we call it salt as opposed to referring to it being addictive, is that it's more problematic sexual behaviour. So that can be anything from watching pornography, to um, understanding their own sexuality, to um, multiple affairs or anonymous sex or visiting sex workers. Um, So it's quite a broad range of issues.
2: And some of them are very young.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they seem to be getting younger, the people who are presenting, like if you think about when we started in 2014. They would have been in their 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s. Um, but in the last year, more so since, I suppose, since the pandemic, we've had younger clients coming, um, 17, 18, 19, 20, oh early 20s.
2: Oh, my.
1: You know? My.
2: And I believe some of them are telling you that at that age that they began to have access to porn at 8,
1: 9, and 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, I'll give you an example. One client said to me, well, I started watching it at 8, but I didn't really start watching it until I was 10.
2: Okay.
1: And that, that would be quite common. So like a part of the assessment, you'd ask somebody like, well, when did the problem begin? And some people could say 8 or 9, but they might have had sexual problems from a much younger age or issues around sex or something um, at a much younger age, but they would usually say around 8, nine, ten is when the problem began for them.
2: And is this because, do you think, Donor, we're, we're very, I think blasé is the word, but maybe you have a different one, about handing over a smartphone as a communion gift or a 10-year-old birthday present?
1: Yeah. Are they getting them too easy? Well, it, it isn't that they're getting them too easy. I think part of it is, and it isn't any reflection on people, but I think part of it is... Um, an ignorance around what is going on on social media um, and the access. And so if, say for example, I, I have two daughters at home and you can put all these blockers and you can put all these protections on the phone. Mm-hmm. But if other if other children don't have those same blockers and parents aren't that aware of what is coming up on mobile phones, it takes one child to show another child yeah. and then it's going around, you know. So, and I suppose some people, it it is, I think if they really knew what was going on, um, I think they would be a bit more conscious about what they were giving and when they were giving it and the access to it.
2: Just unpack that a little bit, Donald, if you would, for a minute. Because, like, parents, and I'm not blaming a parent, like, there's no No. attempt here to blame parents, but sometimes they don't realize so so and so's 10, 11, 12, or it could be a communion gift. And you hand them, yeah. like, I have a an iPhone, right? Yeah. You hand a child an iPhone. You're yeah. giving them access to God alone knows what in their little yeah. hand yeah. at yeah. eight
1: or nine years. Yeah. yeah. And with the best will in the yeah. world,
2: yeah. that's not good for them.
1: No, no. I, I'll give you an example, PJ. Like. In in my house, we we would have open conversations. Like they wouldn't be sit down, but it, we we would. It would be part of conversation about safety and about sex, and just make it more normal. Um, and there would be blockers on the phones, and the phones would be you know we'd be I suppose monitoring the phones. But on Saturday, there was pornography came through to my twelve year old twelve year old daughter's phone, mm-hmm. and yet there was blockers in it. Yes, you know, through an app. Yeah. so like I, I think if we're not having and see she she told us said, "Look, this is after coming true, and we were able to deal with it there and then and talk to her and mm. but I think a lot of people aren't doing that they're not having the conversation yes. um and they're not aware of what's actually coming true yes,
2: and you know if children are being exposed to this at nine and ten, how long does it take them in?" Just an opinion, I'm not sure if there's science there, but how long can it take them to actually get addicted to watching it?
1: So there's a process to becoming addicted. To anything there's a process. Yes. So it will start with, and it's all to do with brain chemistry. And people well, How can I get addicted to sex? It's to do with the brain chemistry. It isn't actually to do with the actual act of having sex. If something arouses the brain and releases good chemicals in the brain, you want more of that. And what you know is this is exciting. And so it starts with impulsiveness. So just being impulsive, okay, and then compulsive. And then that leads on to an addiction.
2: Yes.
1: And, you know, so for so it can take different periods of time for different people. Yeah. You know, but generally over a, a length of years. Yeah. We, we, we have a problem, Donald,
2: as I'm sure you don't need me to tell you. It's all in the news, but I, one name that comes to mind lovely, Ashling Murphy murdered on the 12th yeah. of January we, yes. we have, and I remember that because the 12th of January is my birthday yeah. we yeah. we have a problem with aggressive, violent young men taking yes. out that aggression and violence on yes. young women yeah. in your Opinion, and it's just an opinion, in your opinion, could you make a correlation between the age at which children can get uh, exposed to pornography and that violent aggression in young men?
1: And this is just from my experience? Yes, Donald. Yes, yes. There, there is a correlation though, because like, people don't see people as people anymore, they see them as sex objects. Yes and whatever and like I, I think back in my day when, like, when I was growing up you didn't have access to pornography yeah had you had to be know, six no foot tall know. because
2: on the top shelf
1: <laughs> exactly yeah and people might get a magazine every now and again but that would be the extent of it yes um, whereas now everybody is walking around with pornography in their pocket everyone yes Do you know from the age of 10 upwards yes Um. And, and like what we would have considered hardcore pornography back then is now just regular yes and what they're getting ac- access to is is anything. Anything you can imagine, you can get access to. So that is having an influence on people. Yes. Now, what's the new norm? Now, I mentioned the,
2: the Two Norries podcast, and in that you went into yeah. a lot of very honest and courageous depth about your own background. You have a, yeah. a background yeah. in addiction yourself, yeah. and which yeah. has kind of spurred you on in the career. But you make a point that... A person who is addicted to pornography, a smartphone
1: in their pocket is like a bottle of vodka in front of an alcoholic. Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. Yeah, it's that simple, you know. Um, Like, I think a lot of the lads we work with and a lot of people these days are actually moving away from smartphones and just turning to what I would call the old dumb phone, where it was simple calls and text messages. And you're safe with that, and you don't have to be... Even just social media and being around social media can be triggering for people. Yes. You know? Like, everything now has become sexualized. Yes. So that can be a trigger for people. So then if somebody has an issue with it, or has the potential of having an issue with it, they have it in their pocket 24 hours a day. Yeah.
2: Donald, a lot of my listeners are parents of, of young children, yeah. seven, eight, nine, yeah. and ten-year-olds. Yeah. Can you give them any little bit of advice... Reassurance, I guess, but advice as so
1: what to do. Yeah. I, I suppose the advice I was given as parent for the era we're living in now, not from where how we were parented. Times are very different.
2: That's brilliant, actually.
1: Mm.
2: Parent for what you we know. live with, not for, yeah. not for, sorry, parent for parent for what they live with, not for what we yeah. lived with. Exactly. That's fantastic advice. Donald, I'll leave it there with you because I want to talk to Dr. Martin Davern. Thank you very much. That's Donald Clifford from the Sex and Love Therapy Salt. I would advise, actually, uh watching uh, the Two Norries podcast. I think it's episode 21, if you follow their podcast. Uh, chat with Donald Clifford. It's fascinating. Uh, well worth a watch and listen. Uh, let's bring in Dr. Martin Davern from the Cork Sexual Health Centre. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Now, moving on from what Donald was saying about, you know, how young children are being exposed to pornography. I think in your clinic, you're seeing the results of that on a physical level.
0: Absolutely. Um, I suppose the Health Behaviour and School Children Survey in Ireland had shown that pornography was a prolific issue for society and that young people were accessing pornography as part of and hoping for their sex education. And that's what Donal is seeing on the ground here at the Sexual Health Centre. So more and more people are coming to us with problematic sexual behaviour in relation to their pornography use. They're looking for... Support and guidance um, as to how they navigate that, and that's what Donald is doing very effectively. Over the last couple of years, we've actually seen a 350% increase in the number of people trying to access our assault program. So, we're very grateful to the HSE for funding that um, yeah. program. But as you can see, or even here, like a 350% increase over that short period of time highlights what an issue this is in society and how people are looking for and reaching out for support in relation to same.
2: Now I'm, I'm going to phrase this question as delicately as I can but I'm hearing that people like yourselves and clinic like yours are hearing of people injuring themselves by mm. trying the kind of things that they're seeing on a pornographic film,
0: that's very disturbing. Well, yes, that is very disturbing. I think with pornography, what we would always always say is that you know it's not a reality. So pornography is something that is it's filmed, it's staged, it is uh, it's not a form of reality, and it doesn't depict a reality for many people. Um, over the last couple of years, I think we've seen an openness in society to talk about many things. You know, we talk far more openly around gambling, alcohol use, drug use, but we're still uh, slow to talk about the areas of sexual health and sexual well-being because they're an intimate part of a person's life. And when we struggle to speak about things or if we struggle to to access supports for things, maybe that's at a point in time without supports where people... Um, do struggle in isolation so for the sexual health center sexual health is part of our everyday, and that's what our support services are for so we're here for anybody um if they are looking for that for any support in relation to that aspect of their lives how young how young are you seeing them matt um our services are quite broad so we have our helpline which runs um uh all day every day and we have our young people's program where we go out and deliver capacity workshops to people in youth reaches or non-formal settings supported by uh, our local Cork ETV. Um, What we try and do really is build an individual's capacity to navigate their sexual health effectively. So SALT along with all of our services are non we're not And abstinence-based service, what we're looking to do is provide people with the facts and the information that they need so that they can effectively support their sexual health and reduce their risk of contracting an STI or having an unplanned pregnancy or... Uh, finding them themselves at a point of anxiety or worry in relation mm. to their sexual well-being. So we support people throughout the life course because sexual health as they say is a part of our everyday lives you know. So um, we have different programs for different age cohorts and we're here for anybody who has a sexual health query.
2: Donal made the point that he's talking to people now whose first experience of porn was when they were 8, 9 or 10 and Parents listening to this will be horrified by that, but sometimes realism is horrific. What advice would you have, Martin, for parents who might be worried about their children?
0: Yeah, I think um, you're dead right. It's just realistic to think of it like that. What we're seeing through Donald's programme here at the Sexual Health Centre is just a reflection of what the research is highlighting. You know, pornography is, is being used with a younger and younger age cohort, and people are utilizing pornography as part of their sex education. Um, I think it's really important for parents to create a space for open conversation so that they can support young people. There are a variety of resources. So, there's um, our national HSE website, sexualwellbeing.ie, that has a number of resources for parents and young people in terms of starting the conversation in relation to sexual health and growing with a young person as it, as they navigate through the life course. Um, we have our, a variety of resources here at the Sexual Health Centre. So we have SHC Hub, which is an Instagram account, and an Agony Ant, where young people can go online, ask questions, and get answers to the sometimes the most intimate part of their life. Um, and we're here as a helpline as well. So mm. parents today are, have been listening to this, and they really wonder what will I do or what's my next step, do give us a call. Mm -hmm. We're always here to help and happy to help navigate Could you maybe share that number with us, Martin? Of course. So it's 021-427-6676. 6676.
2: Thank you so much for that. And we'll give that that number out. And do appreciate you being with us. That's that's Dr. Martin Deveron for the Cork Sexual... Health centre, and before him, uh, Donald Clifford, who runs their sex and love therapy salt program. For sex, uh, eight, nine, and ten now children are experiencing porn. Um, that number, if you need it, oh two one four two seven double six seven six four two seven sixty six seventy six. And Donald's advice for parents, I think, and I'm paraphrasing the words he used, but I thought it was powerful. And I guess if we take nothing from this discussion in the last 15, 20 minutes, let's take this. Parent for the world they are growing up in, not the world we grew up in. Parent for the world they're living in, not the world we grew up in. Uh, that's a strong word of advice. Courts 96FM